Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? Oh, oh. Ooh. How are you now? Folks, after uh, a short road trip, your Montreal Canadiens return to the Bell Centre, and what do they do? They just casually win two straight in a back-to-back. Beat Detroit last night, tonight, with a big win over the Vancouver Canucks. They take it 5-2. to two. Hello and welcome. Episode 14 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and that one that one's got me a little fired up, folks. I know. We're 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 supposed to be losing some games this season. We're supposed to be getting a high draft pick, but again, what are we looking for? We're looking for some fun games and we're looking for some youth movement, you know, stepping up in those games, and and we got that. We got that in spades against the Vancouver Canucks. And the good news for anybody who's grown a little bit tired of my uh, officiating complaints, I don't really have one tonight. I mean, I, I could, but I'd be I'd be nitpicking if I if I really went in on the officials in that game. Um, let's get into the recap, though. What happened in that game? Well, very early in that game, the Montreal Canadiens got a power play. Who knew that was allowed after watching the Detroit game? Right? There's my one and only thing I'm going to say about the officials. <laughs> um, anyways, they get a power play. And what happens? Well, Jonathan Drouin at the top, he feeds Nick Suzuki. And Nick Suzuki is just absolutely lethal. When he comes down from the point and he shoots from the top of the circle area, he puts it through traffic into the net. It's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Near the midway point of the period, they keep it rolling. Off a of faceoff, Sean Monahan manages to get the puck back to the point. Right onto the stick of the Sheriff, Arbor Jackeye. Fires one himself through traffic in. Makes it 2 nothing for the Habs. Couple minutes after that, JT Miller takes a pass from Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield, a bit of an errant pass into the slot. Lands directly on the stick of JT Miller. And JT Miller just kind of can't decide what to do with it. And Kirby Doc just comes, says, all right, well, you don't know what you want to do with this puck. I'll go ahead and I'll take that and I'll go right past you. And I'll put it in on the backhand and make it 3 to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. They are absolutely rolling in that first period. I think shots were about 12 to 7 for the Habs and the shots that Vancouver was getting were shit. They were not getting quality chances whatsoever. Habs playing very tight defensively and very dangerous offensively as well. 
three zip is the lead at the end of 20. We go into the second, not a whole heck of a lot going on, um, but the Habs still looking like the better team. Brendan Gallagher did get into a very long scuffle with both Oliver Ekman-Larsen and Thatcher Demko at the front of the uh, Vancouver net. That actually ended up with two minors against Vancouver and one against Gallagher. Uh, pretty well deserved on, on all three parts. So again, no complaint about the officiating at that point, but it was just funny to see Brendan Gallagher getting in a fight with the goalie and one of the defensemen as he tends to do. But a bit later in the frame, Jack Rathbone mishandles a, a ringer coming around to him at the point in the offensive zone, and Mike Hoffman just blows right past him. Uh, he basically has a two-on-one from the blue line in, but he elects to keep it, shoots far side, and smart decision by Mr. Hoffman. His third goal in the last two games makes it 4 nothing for the Habs, and that's our score at the end of 40. Now, we did have not necessarily some adversity, but bit of a concerning third period there because the Habs decided to let up a little bit they're in full damn control of this game but you know reasonably early in the third period Brock Besser chips back to the point Lu Shen just fires one on net through traffic that gets through seeing eye shot makes it four to one uh-oh later on in that period Elias Pettersson puts it on net Niels Holglander is standing in front with nobody on him bangs in the rebound makes it four to two with 11 minutes left on the clock now shots we're 24-18 for Montreal through two periods, but by the time Niels Holglander scored, we were looking at 29-28 in favor of Vancouver. So the Habs really decided to sit on that four-goal lead, which is uncharacteristic of them under Martin Saint-Louis. They don't really do that. They tend to keep their foot on the gas. They tend to keep pushing for more goals, which has always been nice, and we started to get a little bit concerned, right? Like, are they really going to blow a four-goal lead? That's a bad look. It's not something that we want to see, right? We don't mind losses, but we do not want to see them blowing four goal leads in order to get to those losses. I'd rather see them go down six nothing and score four goals and try to come back than I would like to see them blow a four goal lead. But no need to worry. That second goal seemed to wake them up a little bit. They started playing with a little bit more fire in their bellies. We get a beautiful four check between Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield going right after it against Tyler Myers, the gargantuan the troglodyte and Cole Caulfield goes at him like he's got no regard for his own fucking life and the puck gets to Nick Suzuki he passes it to who to Kirby Doc out front Kirby Doc makes no mistake makes it five to two for the Habs and that is your final what a game what a game the Habs are clearly better than the Vancouver Canucks now that's a double-edged sword Okay, so the the good news is they're they're way better than the Canucks, which is probably a good sign for the rebuild because the Canucks are a team that thought they were getting ready to compete, right? The bad news there is that they're better than the Canucks, which means that now you have another team that's competing for a really good draft spot towards the end of the year, potentially. So it, it might be tough for the Habs to really call this a tank and get one of those top five picks. I don't know. I know a lot of people are, are you know, foaming at the mouth for a top five pick. I don't think this team is bad enough. Honestly, when they play against the really bad teams, the Arizonas, the Vancouvers, they are clearly better than them. I think they're more like a potentially a middle-of-the-pack team if they play as well as they can, which you can take that as good or bad. It, it really depends on your viewpoint, right? If you look at that 2023 draft class, it is deep, especially in that first round. I don't think it's a problem 
if they're not in the top five. You'd like to be there because there's some very, very intriguing players in that top five. But if they draft well, which they, they definitely did in the last draft, you got a very good chance of getting some franchise transforming players anyways, and you already have a few that are coming up through the ranks potentially. This team could be very, very good in a couple of years. I don't think we need to stress about where they finish. I think we should just try to enjoy the ride at this point. And, uh, you know, if they finish bottom five, great. If they don't, if they get close to getting into the playoffs and they end up with kind of a middling pick in the, in the teens, let's not worry about it. All right, let's just make sure that, you know, hopefully they make the right moves at the deadline and they don't try to go for it, so to speak, because I don't think this is the kind of roster that you want to go for it with. But I, I do think it's the kind of roster that could make a little bit of noise and, and finish considerably higher than people projected them to. Albeit, I still do see them missing the playoffs. Now, let's stop talking about tanking or not tanking. All right, let's start talking about who played really well in that game? Who's your player of the game, Matt? That's what everybody wants to know. It's Kirby Doc. I got to give it to Kirby Doc in that one. Um, he has been fantastic since he joined the Montreal Canadiens. He was the most effective player for them at even strength in that game. Uh, for checking, on point, obviously scored the two goals. I mean, the first one was just a superb piece of not quitting on a play. JT Miller has the puck. He has support. He has plenty of options where he can go with that puck. But Kirby Doc just charges right at him. He makes a mistake, and Kirby Doc makes him pay for it. I mean, it, it's... It was a classic power forward goal. I'm just going to take the puck from you. I'm going to go right past you. You're not going to be able to stop me, and I'm going to put it in the net. It was a fantastic play. Obviously, gets a second goal as well. Just Johnny on the spot. He's in the right place, right time. He's gelled with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, and that line is clicking. Each of them are at a point per game. Actually, Doc might be just under a point per game. I think Doc, I think Doc has 12 points. I'm going to have to double-check that right now. Sorry if you can hear my mouse clicking. Correct. Kirby Doc has 12 points, so he's not quite at a point per game. But Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are over a point per game. So at the end of the day, you have a line that, as a trio, is contributing at a point per game average between the three of them. So um, that <laughs> I said it before. I'll say it again. you got to keep that line together. And I guess I might as well talk about Caulfield and Suzuki as well now that I've already brought up Doc. Uh, again, that line is amazing. I think you got to keep that together, and potentially this could be your line moving forward. Maybe Kirby Doc's a winger. I know some people don't want to hear that, but maybe he is. Now, Nick Suzuki, what else can you say about the captain, man? Had a goal and an assist, or did he have two? No, yeah, a goal and an assist, which is like a ho-hum night for him. When that line gets going, man, he's the one that's driving it, and uh, you really got to love the fact that he's chipping in on the power play. Again, lethal. When he comes down from the point and he shoots from that top of the circle area, he might not have an Austin Matthews shot, but he places it so goddamn well when he's shooting from there. That is his, it's it's his office. And it's going to open up more opportunities for Cole Caulfield the more that they can get him the puck there because you're not going to be able to just camp out on Cole Caulfield. That's what the Vancouver Canucks looked like they were doing. Like, they were very concerned about that shot. They weren't so concerned about Suzuki. Drouin sees Suzuki over there all by himself. He's like, all right, well, you guys want to cover the left side so hard because you're worried about that right shot coming at you. Yeah, let's just give it over to Susie and see what he can do. And, uh, yeah, he's lethal from there. And then Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield had a quiet game uh, on the stat sheet, only one assist. But I submit to you that his contribution in that game was worth a heck of a lot more than extra points he could have had a couple of goals if he was maybe a little bit more selfish or if the puck rolled his way he, I think he hit the post once 
Um, but realistically, what I was most impressed with was his forechecking. Again, I talked about it on the dock goal to make it 5-2. He's not going to get an assist on that one. But he went right after Tyler Myers, and that goal doesn't happen without him going after Tyler Myers. And this kid, I've said it before. I think I said it on the Habs and Minded podcast. He seems like he beefed up a little bit in the summer. I don't know how much weight he gained. I'd have to go check and compare to whatever he weighed in at last year. But even if he didn't gain a lot of weight, he definitely gained some strength, or at least he gained some confidence in his strength because he's willing to go into the corners against bigger players. They're showing it right now on my TV. They just showed him go in, hit Tyler Myers, knocks the puck off his stick, and it goes right to Suzuki. Like, it's it's a perfect forecheck play, and it's coming from a guy who's like five foot six. Like, he's having an incredible season. I, I don't, unfortunately, get to continue the countdown tonight to 40, but... <laughs> Folks, if, if he keeps playing like this, for, forget 40. We, we might be on a countdown to 50 at some point. I know he cooled off last couple of games, but just just wait. Just wait. He's doing just fine. Um, who else do we need to talk about? Um, oh, Mike Hoffman. Um, folks, I, I might have to eat crow on Mike Hoffman. I was a little bit hard on him early on in the year. Um, I just I haven't really liked him since last year, and I might have to eat my words on him. Um, he's been great. He's been great, especially in the last few games. I know he took a scratch at one point, but since he got scratched, it's like it's night and day. He looks considerably better. And I'm not trying to say, you know, I was right early and then he got scratched and that's what made him all of a sudden play good. He was actually playing a few pretty effective games ahead of that, too. It just wasn't going his way. Um, I I don't know. I've talked before about the possibility of trading him at the deadline and how it could be a little bit tough because of his contract situation. If he keeps filling the net like this, I think there's a team out there that's going to make the space necessary to get him. Maybe you got to take an expiring contract back uh, to make their lives a little bit easier. The cap's supposed to go up next year anyways, and then the year after that as well. So I don't know how much his contract is going to affect it. I really would not trade him if we have to eat half of his salary in order to do it. But, folks, if he keeps playing like this, they're going to get calls about him for sure. For sure. Guy that can potentially help your power play, clearly, is way more engaged defensively at this point than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, That goal that he scored against Vancouver, man, that was just perfect anticipation. I mean, one guy, Rathbone, makes a mistake at the blue line. He just blows right past him, takes it in, and confidence, right? I think eight or nine games ago, you would have seen Mike Hoffman try to pass that puck, but he's like, no, I'm dunking this one far side because I know I can. So his confidence is back. It's a great thing to see. And I'm happy to eat crow. You know, whenever I criticize a Montreal Canadiens player and I say I don't like him or whatever, I, I, I always do it hoping that I'm wrong. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but I never want, Montreal Canadiens players to suck. I have the fucking logo tattooed on my chest. I want them to win every game that they play in my heart. I know they can't this season, um, but when I criticize a player, it's usually because I'm just not happy with what I've seen from them, and I wasn't happy with what I saw from Mike Hoffman, and I'm perfectly happy to eat my words and say, you know what, especially in the last two games, he's been fantastic. I hope that if he does get traded, he gets traded to a great place, um, and he gets a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm not just saying that because he blocked me on Twitter and I want him to unblock me. I'm sure he's not going to listen to this podcast anyways. But, Mike, you know what? On the off chance that you are listening to this podcast, great last couple of games, dude. I'm sorry I was so mean to you on Twitter. 
I get a little carried away sometimes. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, there were so many good performances in that game. I'm not going to be able to get to everybody or I'm going to have a 40-minute long podcast here. Um, but I, I do have to talk about the young defenseman a little bit. And I want to start with Jordan Harris. Very quiet game on the score sheet for Jordan Harris, but that does not paint you the proper picture of how effective he was in that game. There was, uh, at one point, JT Miller in the third period had a partial breakaway, and he got chased down by Jordan Harris, and Jordan Harris gets a stick on the puck. Um, Perfect. No chance for the official to call a penalty. If they called a penalty, they would have had to fabricate something out of thin air. And it would have been one of the worst calls in the history of officiating. He had perfect defense on that. JT Miller was slamming his stick into the boards on the way to the bench. He was so upset with it. And then before that in the third period, or was it the second period? It doesn't matter. Puck is like fluttering in towards the slot. And Jordan Harris is coming across at it. And he's thinking about taking a whack at it and putting it on net. But it's, it's fluttering, right? So what does he do? He gets body position, protects the puck, doesn't touch it makes sure not to touch it, keeps his stick out of the way, and then turns his body and just allows that puck to settle for Johnny Kovacevic. And Kovacevic comes down, gets a really good shot on goal. It doesn't go in, but when I watch that play, I'm like, man, that's a 500 IQ play by Jordan Harris to just leave that puck alone, to see his teammate in a position to potentially get it and just make a protection play. Just use your body to lay it out there. He wouldn't even gotten assists I don't think on that play if it went in but he would have deserved one great game from him and it's been a great season from him so far and then we got to talk about Arbor Jacki obviously got his second goal of the season um they were marveling about him on the broadcast I mean his puck movement his hitting it came out uh in our EOTP slack chat my buddy Nathan one of the other editors at Eyes on the Prize he put out an image. He went on to Natural Statric and he was taking a look at um, who's currently leading the Habs in hits per 60 minutes. And you folks might not be surprised to hear that Arbor Jacki is running away with that stat for the Montreal Canadiens. He's currently at 15.23 hits per 60 minutes and the closest person to him on the team right now is Caden Gooley at 6.05. Uh, yeah. Well, that's among defensemen. Anyways, I should have specified that's among defensemen. But the the two people that are leading in terms of in terms of actually generating, you know, body checks is Caden Gooley and Arbor Jacki. And is Arbor Jacki running away with it by a mile? He is very physical, uh, very difficult to play against. And I know that moniker of, you know, tough to play against has always been a bad one because it's always meant like just a big guy who's not very good. Um, but Arbor Jacki is not just big. He's not just strong. He's also very good. Um, He moves the puck very well. He skates very well, and he chips in offensively. You saw it with that shot. I mean, he seems to favor. By the way, uh, not to sidetrack myself, he seems to favor that little snapshot or half-wrister from the point. He has an extremely good slap shot when he decides to use it. Anybody who's watched him in junior can attest. He can absolutely bomb the puck. Maybe not to Shea Weber levels, but pretty damn close when he wants to. Um, Look out when he gets a little bit more comfortable and he starts launching them from the point, if he gets more power play time or something and he gets an opportunity to really work that out and figure out where he wants to be, where he wants to shoot from, take just look out because he can really bomb it when he wants to. We, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg for him. I think he's going to be very good for the Habs. 
And then finally, Samuel Montembeau, last player I want to talk about, had a great game. Um, neither of the two goals that went in were his fault. Again, the Habs kind of took their foot off the gas, uh, but Montembeau gave them an opportunity to win. And he was very effective for them in a game where he didn't have to be very effective until later in the game, which is tough, right? Most goalies like to feel the puck a little bit more early on and get themselves eased into it. He didn't get that opportunity, you know. It was uh, seven shots in the first period. He wasn't very busy. The shots he was getting were from far out. They weren't very dangerous. Had to keep himself uh, in the game, keep himself motivated, and he did, and they won. Two in a row, folks. Two in a row. Uh, I'm going to cut it off there because we're running already uh, about 20 minutes. So, we are on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple, uh, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll be back on Saturday night. So, until then... À la prochaine. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.